Hey friends, before we start the show, I wanted to introduce you guys to EM Media and Video. They are local to Philadelphia. They are great for filming video productions for commercials, and they do audio voiceovers for radio commercials as well, amongst a slew of other helpful promotional production needs. So if you want to reach out to them, call 267-528-7890 to get your quote today. morning for me. It could be evening for you. I don't know when you're listening to this or where you're listening to this or how you're listening to this, but hey, thanks for being here. This is a pretty big deal. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm always grateful for having an audience regardless of what that means. So thanks for being here. This is really cool. Um, so today I wanted to talk about uh, social currency. Um, I don't really have like a lead in story, I guess. But uh, I mean, this morning I was just kind of like browsing Reddit and, um, which I haven't really done much of lately, but, uh, there was one question that came up and asked Reddit about, uh, what would you do if you had $600 to your name and you were about to be homeless and, um, you know, what would you do in that situation? And, um, you know, to me, I thought it was funny cause I was just like, that's kind of how I've been feeling for the last six months really. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I think a lot of people are going through that sort of thing. So it's kind of interesting because, uh, a lot of responses were, were kind of, uh, trying to get back on the path, meaning like just, uh, I don't know, find a place to get a shower and buy some nice clothes and apply for jobs. Right. But in that situation, it's like, man, time Time is not on your side. You know, you have limited resources. 
And applying for jobs takes time. Even the process of like going through um, the interview process, buying clothes, applying, you got to find your way to get to either either pay for a phone bill or if you're not going to be able to afford a phone to go to a library or something like that. And I think, you know, I think we all get caught up in, in the fact that like, okay, yes, of course you need to make more money, but how do you make more money? And that is usually by social currency. And um, to kind of define what social currency is, it's really just the, the amount of love and respect you have from the people around you, whether or not that's people, those are people that have to be like intensely close to you, but it's just kind of like expanding and establishing your network so that you have people who are looking out for you regardless of your situation. Right. And, um, you know, this happened to me recently where I was, again, you know, I've been struggling for about six months now. And a few days ago, I decided that, you know, one of the, okay. So one of the issues that I've had, with, um, despite doing a podcast like this, where I've been like incredibly vulnerable the entire time with what's been going on with me emotionally, socially, um, you know, with my son, with what's going on my brain and my mental health and creative career and all of that stuff. It's still really hard for me to admit publicly to people that I really care about or potentially, um, could have an opinion about me that, there's still a concern that my sharing that I'm a failure or feeling like I'm a failure and expressing that can have adverse effects or that it's not something that's going to be helpful. And it's still better for me to pretend like everything's okay or not pretend like everything's okay, but at least not mention that everything's not okay. Right. Which is just as bad. Right. It's just it's taking a neutral stance versus like taking an active stance. Right. So for me, it was this decision to I, I talked to a friend and she was saying, like, you know what, you're struggling and um, you don't know what to do. You might as well just put that out there. You've got a great network of people on Facebook and um, local close friends, people you've grown up with. And there's always someone that comes out and says either you either get nice words or you get someone who finds you a lead or someone who, you know, doesn't really understand the depth of your full story. So you're not giving them enough of a reason to care. Right. And truth is, yeah, when we're going through our daily lives, if we assume that someone's OK, like we're not going to care We're we're going to be they're like we're like they're fine. It's no big deal. But if you can take the time to actually point out to them that there is something more going on, that there has been this system of things happening in your life that have led you to this point, then you might be able to get a boost from someone to get you out of it. And so she decided to, she gave me that advice and I decided to, to write this long post about everything that's happened in the past year and a half, starting from my divorce to all the personal development work I've been doing to having to cash out my IRA and 401k and then getting screwed over for like $6,000 at the end of last year, uh, which really sent me into a spiral around the same time that my child support kicked in. And I, I was just being drained of every resource that I had. So I 
had to start doing Uber and Lyft at the middle of December to try to make ends meet. And that was at the point where I was at my lowest. I was at basically the point where the Reddit post was asking, like, you've got less than $600. You're about to be homeless. You don't have any more money. Like, what do you do? Right. But luckily for me, I had a car and I had a camera and I decided to start using both of those things. I started with the car and I signed up for Uber and Lyft and I started doing that to make money and figure out, um, you know, the minimums of what I needed to make and, uh, and, and do what I can do. Right. I mean, if you're someone that's struggling and you have access to a car, like Uber and Lyft is great. You meet great people and start to expand your network that way. And for me, I also understood that that was a way for me to develop some social currency throughout the city so that I can get to know people. I can tell people my story and, um, you know, you'd be surprised and amazed at how many people will look out for you or at least wish you well when you can tell them honestly what is going on with your story. And I've had people tell me the same thing where, you know, I'll send them an email and, uh, or we'll like just give them some advice as they leave the car or, you know, people are trying to do good for each other way more than you think they are. We just don't typically have exposure to the breadth of vulnerability that exists within people. And once we can find ways to connect that, we can develop a sense of social currency. So, you know, to answer that question about the Reddit thing, that like one of the things that I suggested doing was like, yes, secure food, secure shelter. That's like those are the first two priorities, right? You got six hundred dollars secure some shelter, get an Airbnb or something that'll last you like a week or two and get some food, you know, get some, 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 uh, ingredients, try to find a way to make food last for at least that, that period of time. And then go to local shops or go to, uh, to bars or somewhere that will more likely hire you under like off the books because anything that's going to try to hire you officially is going to take time. There's going to be the bureaucracy of having to go through a system and that's just going to take too long. You just, you have literally a week. You don't have time. You need a situation where you can walk into the door of like a bodega or something and say like, Hey, I'm homeless. I need some help. Like I'll work for free. I'll carry some boxes. I'll, what do you need? And let me do it. I want to help you. Um, Sometimes that means working for free for like a day or two so that you can basically get show that you have some heart and you're willing to work and willing to help and then kind of almost make the shop owner feel guilty that they're not paying you <laughs> in a way. And then they'll eventually start paying you or they'll um, or they'll, you know, try to find you something, you know, and, and it doesn't mean every shop owner will do that. You might have to go to a couple different places, but it's like, if you can do that and then start to develop social currency by letting people, basically everyone you talk to try to find a way to work your story in there so that people can feel like a lot of people love helping people, you know, they like to feel like they can do something, you know? So it, and I think the wrong answer is like begging, right? You want to do anything that would be a step above begging, you know, even if that means like going to the grocery store and getting a couple bottles of water or a couple cases of water, I mean, and finding a busy section uh, of town, a busy, busy intersection and selling bottles of water. You know, if you could afford to get a cooler and some ice, do that. And you could sell for a dollar each and your overhead is what, $4 for a case of water. 
uh, if it's still that price, I don't remember. Um, four dollars for a case of water, uh, a cooler for I don't know five to ten dollars, and then uh, some ice, which is a few bucks too. So like per case of water, which is going to be like twenty four bottles of water, you're going to send spend maybe ten to fifteen dollars, and you'll make a ten dollar profit every time. Lather, rinse, repeat. Right. So whatever you can do to make a dollar, do it. Um, but in that process, you know, when you're not just handing people bottles of water as you're selling them, but telling people your story, put a sign up that tells your story, you know, um, and still go into different local establishments and find ways to express, you know, the desire to help and a, and basically like a connectedness to people. I think the connected nature of expressing your difficulties is going to get you way further than just being another blip in the system. You know, people love to hear about people because we don't get enough stories about people, uh, especially individuals. We're just so people, we're just so used to identifying people as, as workers, as mothers, as, you know, as these sort of roles. And if you can shed those roles and express your humanity to other humans, people are more likely to connect with you, you know, share your story, but then also listen to their story. And you're more likely to get some help from people. And um, I think I was lucky enough to have learned that from my dad growing up. He's someone that uh, as a salesperson, he listens to people, he establishes, he builds relationships with them. And he's got a good rapport. And um, I've done that over time. And I think I, based on the last episode that I did, I talked a lot about the bridges that I've burnt, but the relationships that I have kept and the ones that I've been making over the past year have been ones that have been more meaningful to me because I've been deliberately trying to make them more meaningful. I've been trying to show more vulnerability and the heart of what it is that I'm trying to do. And through that, I've had more people believe in me. And when I was asking for help and I put out that long post, I've had a few people donate some money to me and I've had a few people give me um, jobs and leads for things. I had people reaching out and saying like, oh, you do video editing? Great. I need someone, you know, or I've, and just because I had that conversation, Facebook, uh, the algorithm worked in my favor. And immediately when I opened it next, later that day, uh, somebody was asking for a video editing gig to just anyone and it showed up at the top of my feed. So <laughs> it's kind of funny how that worked out. Um, but it was like one of those situations where it feels like the universe was on your side because you just kind of put out a good, a lot of good vibes out there and you put out your vulnerability. And, and even if someone said like, Hey, I couldn't, I can't afford to help you, but you know, you have a ton of heart and I appreciate you and people respond and that helps with the algorithm, at least online. And, you know, you, I, I guess, you know, you can kind of think about that as like the universal algorithm too, in a way, right? Like you're putting out those vibes into the universe and like, the more you're putting that out there in that same way, the more you're getting back in return, you know, it's like, you know, when you, so, you know, one of the suggestions I made for the Reddit post was again, get an Airbnb. And the reason you get an Airbnb is because it puts you in contact with people. It's going to, you're going to spend money, but it means that you're going to have the ability to talk with the owner of the house, most likely, and build a relationship with someone, tell them your story, and you can either work a deal with them to try to stay for a little bit cheaper or maybe an extra day or two, or 
you know, they'll know your story and they'll be subconsciously on the lookout for situations that could potentially help you depending on your connection level with them and all that stuff. But the idea is to not just work through these problems on your own, especially when you're in such difficult, dire straits, or you're trying to find work, even if you're not in incredibly dire straits, but like you're a freelancer and you're trying to make things work on your own esteem, it can be this massive challenge to not isolate yourself because that's just kind of something we naturally do as freelancers is isolate ourselves. And uh, I'm going to take a quick break and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. All right, back at it. Welcome back. Um, I mean, you were gone for 30 seconds, so, you know, it's not that serious. <laughs> we're here. We're going to keep going. Um, so I wanted to talk more about this concept of social currency, but in relation to freelance work, because as creative professionals, we often have this issue. Um, I mean, it can relate to the mental health story, too, honestly. So we're going to kind of bounce back and forth, really. But it's um, as freelancers, it's really easy to forget that we have access to other people. I think it's something about uh, about art school and especially about the sort of sort of early interpretations of business and entrepreneurship that you feel like you're in competition with everyone. You know, when you're a freelancer, it feels like you're against the world. You know, you're competing against every other designer out there. And in a way, yeah, but in a lot of ways, no, because when you can really get into yourself, into a space of uh, scarcity versus abundance, meaning the other way around, actually, <laughs> when you get into an abundance mindset versus scarcity, you can get into a place where you realize there's enough work for everyone. There really is. Like, there are so many businesses in any given city, across the world, across the country. You don't even have to work locally. There are just so many opportunities. There are new things sprouting up all the time. And there's no reason for you to feel like you're competing for the same jobs as anyone else. Plus, you have your own skill set. You have your own niche, your own abilities, etc. So... There's no reason at all for you to feel like, you know, you're alone. And that doesn't, you know, and once you start to feel like you're not alone, you can really start to reach out to other designers, you know, and it's other designers can sometimes be the first place where you can start to get more work, believe it or not, because designers who are good at what they do, they have spillover and they can't take on all their jobs. You know, they're, they're. And they're trying to develop social currency with their clients as well. So they don't necessarily want to burn bridges. It's about, you know, they don't want to say, sorry, I can't do it and never talk to that client again. They want to say, hold on, I have someone that could do this for you and build a positive rapport so that the person can still go back to them in the future. But, you know, if you can help someone find work that's developing social currency so that someone else can find it for you. Right. So it's like everything goes around, you know, it's like, it's like paying it forward at a coffee shop. You know, you just, uh, somebody does it for you. You do it for somewhere else. And that kind of creates a good vibe. 
kind of creates a community connectedness. Even if you don't talk to those people ever again, there's a sense of community and people feel good about helping and giving and giving someone an opportunity to give makes them feel good. Right. So that's important for the development of social currency. Um, you know, as a designer also doing that between clients is incredibly important as well. And I think it's important to develop social currency by means of planting seeds and not having expectations. You know, in the example I was using earlier about going to different local shops and stuff, you can't go in there and offer free help. And if they decline, you can't get upset and kick and scream because then they're going to tell other people that this crazy person that looked like this, that, you know, had this story is, you know, someone you should look out for. And then you're going to be burning your possibilities, right? So, you know, even if things don't go your way, you know, like a nod and a smile is totally fine. And, you know, and usually when someone says no, in any context, it's usually a no right now, right? Except for attraction like that. That's not how that works. But (laughs) I mean, in the context of like, freelancing or trying to get money, in that sort of way. It's not about you expecting someone to say yes and not feeling hurt if someone rejects you, you know, because like they're again, abundance. It's not like that was your only opportunity. And and that does apply to uh, romantic stuff. You know, if someone says no, that, that doesn't mean that that was your only shot, you know, doesn't even mean that it was a shot. <laughs> um, and you know, sometimes even if you go on a date with someone and you have a good experience, but they're just not feeling an attraction, you know, you can develop a friendship and that could turn into a beautiful, fun thing. Or they'll say like, you know what? I went on a date with this guy. He wasn't right for me personally. It wasn't what I was looking for, but you know, maybe you should give him a call. You know, maybe he's someone that you would connect with, right? Or they turn into a friend and Instead of that, it's like, yeah, I had this really, I have this really great friend. We went on a date once, but like, that was not really a thing that worked out. And, uh, you know, it's almost like you're giving a testimonial to someone (laughs) to try this person out, (laughs) you know? Um, and that's kind of just what you should do with freelance work or when you're trying to, uh, if, if you're in a situation that's in completely dire and you just don't have any money and you need to work for free and you need to get your, your social name out there is to just do good things and go into it with no expectations, plant seeds that eventually sprout into things. And then when the time comes, you'll start getting phone calls from people when they need you, you know, because usually in a situation where you're walking into a local bodega or something and you ask them like, Hey, do you need things that you need help with? You know, it could be a slow day. They could need no help. They don't have an extra budget. You know, there are all sorts of reasons why someone might not have the opportunity to hire you for something, right? But there's always the chance of like, but uh, but but give me your number because like, you know, on Thursdays, we usually have a truck come in and we could use a little extra help. And it's like, great, I'll be here on Thursday, right? Um, <laughs> or I'll reach out or, you know, even if you do say no, it's like, what are likely, you could ask them like, you know, Are there opportunities where you need a little extra help and something I should keep in mind, you know, something like that. And, you know, then go to another one, you know, and just keep going to other things. Again, it's the same thing with freelancing. If you have 
um, you know, you're not necessarily reaching out to someone and saying like, do you need help right now? Right. They're, they're not going to be like, you know what? I was literally playing with Photoshop and I couldn't figure this out. So can you just do this right now for me? Sometimes you can get a situation like that, but more than likely you're going to get a situation where they're like, you know what? We're not looking for something right now, but at the end of April, we have an event coming up. Maybe that's something we can talk about. Um, or we have something, usually we're busier in the summer, you know, come back and reach out for that. You know, it's just about reconnaissance work. It's gauging interest and putting your name out there. So people just even recognize you. That's really how brand works. You know, it's like, um, social currency is another way of, of creating brand. you know, um, and brand is more power, more powerful than a product. Uh, Seth Godin put out an article recently where he talked about that, where brand is this incredibly powerful thing where, you know, Nike is a brand. They've established a brand of what they are. And if Nike started to build hotels, they they've they have such a strong brand that people would likely go along with that. You know, Nike has watches. They have other things that aren't just sneakers. Right. And if they started to expand into other markets, they probably could do that because they have a strong brand behind them. But if you take like Hilton hotels and you try to create like a Hilton sneaker, like that's not going to make sense because Hilton is just known as a product, as a restaurant or not a restaurant, (laughs) hotel, um, and with restaurants in it that aren't even their restaurants usually. So, (laughs) you know, that's kind of the difference. And, uh, you're trying to establish brand, you know, Apple built their notoriety completely on brand alone. Like, cause their products are not the best products. Like iOS sucks. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a, uh, I don't know. I just feel like it's not the best thing. That's my opinion, but a lot of people are okay with it, but it's, it could be better. There are so many things that could actually be better about it. Um, same thing with, uh, I really, I'm not a fan of Apple software. So if people looked at it from an objective perspective, they would probably feel something similar. Uh, some people will claim that they love it, but I think they're just used to it. And, um, you know, the Apple logo on the laptop and the sleek look and the hardware and having an iPhone and, uh, you know, showing off its look or its rose goldness or having an Apple watch, they are all social plays. They are all brand. It is all about a feeling that it elicits in people that there is this like this sense of status and diving into status is powerful. You know, it's, it's powerful for a brand to do that. And it's powerful for anyone who is trying to create uh, their own business or trying to find money and develop social currency to understand that someone is always trying to get a feeling out of you, right? So when you're developing social currency and you're in a situation where you're in dire straits or you have a story or you're trying to connect with someone, you know, think about the feeling that you want them to have when they think of you, right? Like you don't want to just have someone say like, oh, I know this designer. You want to say like, you want them to feel like, I I know this great guy. He happens to be a designer, right? There's a distinct difference there, right? So being a person first, I think is incredibly important when trying to establish connections and trying to, you know, to, to get your name out there. Cause also when you're in desperate situations where you need to ask for help, 
not necessarily just ask for work, but you're in a really tough spot and you have like a best friend or you have some people that you've developed relationships with and you put it out on Facebook that you're having a hard time. You can put it out there and you can say that, uh, tell them the entire story and, you know, in an earnest, honest way, uh, and put it out there that you're like, I'm willing to work for this. I'm not trying to get freebies, you know, and, uh, yeah, I want to show some heart. I want to work for this. I need to get myself out of this, but I need a little help in terms of figuring out, you know, what to do next. And some people are just going to be extra generous about it too, because again, it feels good to be generous and people want to feel good. They want to feel good about you. They want to feel good about helping you. They want to feel good about your story. And especially down the line, if that, if that 300 bucks that someone sends you or something is something that you can use as an ad to develop your product or to promote your product, and then that takes off, they would love to be a part of that story. <laughs> you know, that would be amazing for them to be like, a bragging point for them. Like, ah, I made you rich. Now you owe me everything. <laughs> right. It's like an ongoing thing, you know? So it's like just building a rapport in that kind of way, building social currency, uh, is incredibly important. And then that's not a term that I came up with. Uh, I heard it through Landon Porter of the sales gorilla. Um, just type in that in Google and on Facebook, they have a great group. And, uh, he's also a great resource that if you're looking for like a sales coach, he's, He's a dude that can really help you develop social currency and get out of a space where you're like begging for work, that you're actually like building relationships in healthy ways. He's like really, really great at that. Um, you know, he's been sort of a side mentor of mine, not someone I've been working with directly, but he's a really good dude. Um, and just, you know, again, just trying to establish with people, relationships with people that matter, not just anyone. Right. Like if you go into a shop and like someone's just something's just not sitting right with you, like don't force a relationship. Right. Go into different places and figure out what feels right. And even just in the first conversation, I'm sure that you'll have some way to be able to tell whether or not someone jives with you. Right. And I don't mean make stereotype stereotypical judgments. I mean, just like if they're not willing to talk with you, if they're not like you know, they they don't seem very present or they don't seem like they're, um, just open to the idea, you know, like move on again, abundance, not scarcity, even in a situation where you have less than 600 bucks and you're about to be homeless, a scarcity mindset is just going to make you deplete until you're empty. It's the same way that, uh, when you're playing poker, if you're sitting there with your chips and you never play a hand, the blinds go by and you have to pay basically a toll uh, every time the the dealer button goes around the table. You have to pay um, a, what are called blinds, which is the money that you put into the pot before you know what hand you're getting. Uh, two people play pay blinds before the hand starts. And that's how you keep money in the pot every single time, no matter what. So if you're not paying or playing any hands at all and you're just being completely neutral and you're not doing anything at all then you're just going to be chipped away. You're going to die the death of a thousand cuts, as I've heard said. You know, that's something that is just going to, it's going to chip away at you. And that's not, that's not at all a good feeling either. So you got to actively do something. You got to seek out that abundance. You got to look at all the chips on the table and see like, yeah, I'm going to get that. 
<laughs> and make it happen, right? So uh, that's that's really it. That at the end of the day, developing social currency, even in the most dire of straits, but as a freelancer, it's also a really good idea for you to connect with that too. Um, and th- it's the same for the mental health part of it as well, which this being a mental health podcast, like I didn't really talk about mental health, but I know that we get all into stressful and desperate situations. And that's really what this episode is about is that we can get into really, really desperate situations in our lives, especially around money. And I think social currency is way more valuable than money itself. Uh, Social currency tends to lead to money. And, um, it's really the way I look at it is like time, social currency, money. Those are the things that I think are most important in terms of uh, resource gathering. And uh, if you can get a hold of time, give yourself some time, give yourself like food and shelter so that you can like focus on developing social currency. And then through social currency, you start to develop uh, the ability to make money and have resources and uh, multiple connections to make money and all that stuff, then you can really start to thrive and and soar and at least get caught up in a way that's going to help you uh, move forward. So what's interesting for me is that like in the last year and really in the latter years of my time in San Diego and after I went through a divorce and um, last year when I was kind of recovering from everything, I went into this space where I was focused on like funnels and qualifying and trying to establish my own boundaries that I, I just, I lost my natural talent that I developed of, you know, using that social currency. And, um, I'm, I'm getting into that space a little bit more again. I've been developing some rapport with local businesses. I have a, um, I have a, a, uh, discovery call today. I've got one tomorrow. I've got one Wednesday. I've got some things going on that, um, you know, I've been tapping into that again and things are starting to click and people were helping me. And, um, you know, there are just so many more possibilities now that I'm opening myself back up again. And I think that's something anyone can learn how to do. I don't want to speak from a place of survival bias because I'm just barely surviving. You know, this was just like a short burst. I need to keep going. But uh, I think I think that is the most valuable advice. If you're in that really difficult situation, just develop that social currency, that social ecosystem. That's going to get you somewhere faster than anything else. So, all right. So I want to thank you guys for listening, especially as an INTP. If you're an INTP that's listening, this is incredibly valuable advice because we're very averse to social situations sometimes, or we don't have the best, uh, we don't have a natural talent. It's something that you, it's a skill that you can still develop to be better at navigating social currency. And that's something I'm going to talk about in the cosmic calibration course for INTPs, which you can sign up at bit.ly slash cosmic INTP, all lowercase letters. Um, I'll put a link in the description as well. Sign up for that. And those are, that's like a podcast style, uh, program. That's like 15 segments. They're like 45 minute segments of me doing podcasts like this, talking directly to you, the INTP sharing things that I've learned over time, 
about social currency, but also about subverting the stereotype that, you know, you can't develop as an INTP, that you can't be a people person, that you can't, uh, that you're always right. <laughs> you know, there are so many things that uh, can help INTPs become a little bit more humble and be able to grow and uh, really just give their gifts to the world because INTPs are so incredibly powerful that I want to unlock that for you as an INTP. So, bit.ly slash cosmic INTP, all lowercase letters. Uh, so that's it. If you could leave a rating or review on this episode, that would be absolutely amazing. I'd love it if you'd share it with a friend, someone who could use this. Uh, that would be incredibly helpful. And um, yeah, that's all I got going on right now. So thank you. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll catch you next time on Dopamine. See ya. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later. a reminder for you guys to go check out em media and video by calling 267-528-7890 they are a way for you to do cheap commercial production uh, for video and for audio they do voiceovers and can help you get into the market so they primarily work in philadelphia but they can help you anywhere across the country so again 267-528-7890 to get your quote today see you guys